it's a great honor for me to be here. And I, I really appreciate God for the work that he's doing amongst you here. Um, just as I came in, having a coffee, I was made aware that for a while you had a resident visitor with her babies in your pond. Yes. How long, how, how long was, was she resident? Twelve weeks. And she looked after the kids very well. And she flew out and left them. And they've since followed her? Yes. Wow. Okay. Um, I, I don't want to play games and, and start speculating on God saying something to you guys here. But uh, I, I pick that in the context of what I'm going to be sharing about this morning. And it struck me that uh, I've come out being sent by God to speak to you about uh, a great transition, which is moving from one stage to another. And, and uh, hearing that, I, I don't know how you thought of uh, just bringing that out in our conversation, but I picked it in relation to what God is wanting to say to us this morning. And I sense that uh, it could be just something for us to take note of, to say that uh, God has put us here for a purpose, and the purpose for which he has put us is for us to nurture some lives. And there comes a point when we have nurtured those lives that they need to be released into the greater wide world which God has purpose for them. So uh, as I share this morning, I just want us to, to get a sense of uh, a, a transition which God is taking us through which is a transition to release us into being more effective for not just for our community. You guys have a passion for this community. But in the sharing that we'll do, I would like us to finish off by getting a bigger picture of the wider community to which we are called by God. So for those of you who may not know a lot about me, the name is Joseph. The second name is Zulu. So some of you may have encountered our son. And uh, I, chatted, I chatted with Mr. Node earlier. And uh, at the finishing of our conversation, I said to him, You taught my son! <laughs> so, yes, Mr. Node... <laughs> yes, uh, my son happens to, or our son happens to, to, to be the, the, the youth minister at Heart uh, Church. And uh, so those of you who have heard the name Tando being uh, in the Christian sector, so um, my wife and I are the result of that boy happening. But we thank God. We, we came into the country in uh, 1994 coming out of uh, Zimbabwe. 
Zimbabwe, his neighbors with uh, South African neighbors, with uh, Mozambique, neighbors with uh, Zambia, and uh, neighbors with Botswana. So to totally, completely landlocked country, which uh, has hit the news uh, in a few years back in less positive ways. But coming out of that country at that time, the last Sunday I'm in church, the word of God comes and specifically speaks of a God agenda on my life. Coming out of the country at the time, I'm coming to study. And I'm told uh, the, 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 the academics is just a facilitator of a God agenda. Little do I know that uh, it all translates to the fact that after finishing my doctorate at the University of Nottingham, I'll find myself stuck in the country and not being able to go back to walk into a job that is waiting for me in Harare. Cut a long story short, my sponsor, a research center, a few months or a year later, writes and says, we release you from your contractual obligation to come back. So, I'm not, I'm not one of the, the 2001, 2002 arrivals. The majority of those who arrived at that time, some of whom who may have uh, had a, a, an accident climbing a tree and they had a cut on their knee, they would present themselves at the border and say, this is the work of Mugabe trying to cut my foot off. But uh, I'm, I'm standing here to honor God for turning my life round. The boy was meant to have been a sharp academic who gets a prize in every academic endeavor that they have done and is earmarked for cutting-edge research is now captured by God and the, the, the capture was a bit uh, and uh, I'm here trying to work it out and trying to redefine myself and one night I'm, I'm, I'm working at a factory not very far from here and my job on the night is to carry a tray pork pies have gone through the oven and I'm carrying a tray at the corner of the thing and my job is to lift the thing from one conveyor to put it on the other conveyor for it to go back to bring more pies and I'm doing that all night. I'm having to have a conversation with God at that point and uh, try to resolve where my life is going. The thing that he did for me was to, talking about the peace, he says, son, ah, this is me translating it, so it, it, it didn't quite come out that way, but the, the whole thing comes out as just relax in the confidence of my care for you. And I've known you from the time before you lay in your mother's womb, I knew you. So, so I'm relaxed then, and having had that, I then reconfigured who I am and got to the point that I'm actually a servant of God. 
who happens to have been privileged enough to have uh, opened big and small books and uh, walked out of the University of Nottingham allowed to carry the initials DR before my name. But I'm fundamentally a servant of God. So I speak to us this morning on the subject of uh, transitioning. Now, I, I need to be very careful with my words as well, you know. One day I'm in a meeting at work, and I'm talking about a piece of paper, and I'm using the word S-H-E-E-T. And it comes out totally differently. (laughs) So this is Wednesday, and on the Friday, one of the team comes to me and says, it was very unlike you in that meeting on, on, on Wednesday. People are talking. And they're wondering what has gone on with you. You were throwing explosives in your, in your, in your submission to, to the meeting. What's going on? So this is S-H-E-E-T coming out as something else. <laughs> So I pray that the Lord will help me to, to bring out <laughs> the thing that he wants and it comes out in the manner that he wants it to be. So I'm talking with us uh, this morning on the great transition happening in the life of Joseph. It, was a, a, it wasn't a, a, a choice for me to, to choose Joseph and uh, talking about myself as Joseph, but... Uh, no link there, so, so don't link my story to the Joseph story, but I, I've picked a few things which, uh, for my own processing, have helped me to, to, to navigate the agenda of God in my life. Let's use uh, Psalm 105, Psalm 105, verse 16 to 24. So we're talking about uh, the great transition from a dreamer to an interpreter of dreams. So this is the transition which, by the grace of God, I'm wanting for us to pull out from the time that we have this morning. Psalm 105 from verse 16 to 24. This is uh, the psalmist writing, and he's writing as a manner of uh, recollecting the things that God has done over the years. So he picks it up and says on this portion, Moreover, he called a famine in the land. He destroyed all the provision of bread. He sent a man before them, Joseph, who was sold as a slave. They hurt his feet with fetters. He was laid in irons. Until the time that his word came to pass. The word of the Lord tested him. The king sent and released him. The ruler of the people let him go free. He made him lord of his house and ruler of all his possessions to bind his princes at his pleasure. And teach his elders wisdom. Israel also came into Egypt. 
And Jacob dwelt in the land of Ham. He increased his people greatly and made them stronger than their enemies. Now, that's an excellent review of a lad whose uh, background was a bit uh, checkered. And, and for us to... So, for us to, to understand transitioning, I think it usually helps for people who are aspiring to get somewhere to relate to where they've come from and potentially understand how their background might have an impact on the here and now and possibly how it might have an impact on the thing to come. Now, I'd like to believe that uh, some of us here are transitioning one way or the other. And what I'm hoping that God will do for us is to paint for us a picture which will help us to move away from our past. Now, the past, if it, if it is allowed, the past has a tendency of affecting the now, which stands in the way for the future. And if we allow the past to affect the now, we run the risk that we are not get, going to get to the place where we want to be. And I pray that God will help us all to be able to break away from our past in order to become the people that he wants us to be. For his honor and his glory. So the transitioning bit will now be the work that happens to take us away from uh, the possible effects of our past in order for us to arrive at the God intended place where God wants us to be. I believe very strongly that for each and every one of us, there is a God purpose that has been written in heaven. Written even before mom and dad became boyfriend. Because that's how I interpret that scripture in Jeremiah. Before you lay in your mother's womb, I knew you. I ordained you. I set you apart to be a prophet amongst the nations. So I picture a God who, according to that psalm that we have read, causes for a famine to come in the land. He already plans ahead that a famine will come in the land. But before that famine happens, I'll pick up a lad, 17-year-old lad, from a very dysfunctional family. Now, hear me about the dysfunctional family. 
bit of background on Joseph. Father Jacob, wanting to marry, ventures out into Laban's uh, household. Meets up, he's at the well. Meets up beautiful shepherdess, Rachel. Sets his eyes on her. She's beautiful. She's stunning. And he offers to, to water the, 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 the flocks and, and follows her home and presents himself and, and, and distant relatives. But uh, the, 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 the closeness is not that close uh, to stop the, the marriage arrangement. So in the course of it, a discussion is made and uh, a transaction is cut which says, for you being authorized to marry this, my daughter, who you've said you love so much, you have to do seven years. Now, seven years is a long time. Think of yourself seven years ago and maybe consider... doing seven years to marry a woman? But the, 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 the man commits to the seven years. And on the, on the wedding night, wakes up in the morning and he discovers, I've been given the wrong one. And he goes to the guy and complains ferociously and says, what have you done to me? The one I loved and the one that I bargained for and I worked for for seven years was Rachel and you've given me Leah. She's not so good looking. <laughs> the man says, well, in our culture, you have to accept it. We can't let the, the, the younger one go before the, the senior so if you really want uh, the younger one, well, seven years was the agreed time, so seven more years. And he does another seven years. And after that, all in all, he does 20 years because he now has to do another six for, 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 for some possessions that he has to walk away with after all is done. But uh, so he gets... Leah and Rachel. But Leah can't have, sorry, Rachel can't have children. Leah gives him uh, four sons in, 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 in no, so long a time. And uh, Rachel makes a, makes a suggestion and says to, uh, to the guy, I can't have children myself, so I'm giving you authority to take our housemaid and uh, have uh, children with her. So he, he does exactly that, and he's, he gets uh, two boys. And in the course of time, uh, Leah, who's had four, four boys already, makes a suggestion, if you have taken her... Complicated situation. You, you see the level of dysfunctionality that is already happening in this family. So dad is already got two wives by, by virtue of uh, the scenario that he's walked into. But not only has he got two wives, he's now getting himself two housemaids to have children with, which he goes on to do and gets two sons out of each of them. 
But not long after, because of the agenda of God, the Bible says, then God remembered Rachel. And God listened to her and opened her womb. And she conceived and bore a son and said, God has taken away my reproach. So she called his name Joseph and said, the Lord shall add to me another son. Cut a long story short. This family, they had already sought asylum at Laban's because the reason why Jacob needed to reside there, actually, he was running away from the trouble that he had caused back home. What was the trouble? Through the machinations of mom, he's ended up uh, helped to be the one who is going to, 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 to be the inheritor of the father's estate over his uh, other brother. And, and uh, he has to run. He's running away. But having stayed away long enough, he then listens to God who instructs him to go back. Hallelujah. This is where it comes also to some of us that there will come a time where God might want you to move back and face the things of your past and deal with with them head to head. Jacob is having to go back and face up with his brother, brother Issa for him to settle the matters that had been caused by the broken relationship. As he is traveling back, a number of things are happening along the way. The daughter, the only daughter, born of Leah, gets raped by one of the tribesmen. And the people there, they got duped by by uh, Jacob's sons who say to them, well, you've taken interest in our daughter, never mind that you have abused her. You would like to marry, because this guy is committed to marrying. You would like to marry. So you need to be circumcised. All of you, all the guys, all the men in the city, if this guy is to be married to the prince, you and all the men have to be circumcised. Three days after the deed has been done, Jacob's sons conspire and they go in and they kill all the men. And they ransack the village and they take all their possessions. What am I doing? I'm painting for you the nature of the family, the type of the family that this our Joseph is coming out of. Huge family in numbers. Talk about family numbers. Twelve is a sizable number, isn't it? Twelve brothers. And and, uh, so so picture it. Picture it in the context of uh, of our our English uh, family numbers. Somebody a few years back was saying it's two and a half children. How does it work out? Two point, it's 2.4 now. 
And, and I kept on saying, how does it work out that you get 2.4? Now, they are doing a work of averages. So, so this, but 2.4 children versus 12. 12 sons and a daughter. And this is a man who's got uh, two legitimate wives and made servants that have turned out to be his wives too. If we if were to have a family like that living in our patch, how would we be viewing them? So this is the kind of background that this boy is brought out of. And so they are now traveling back to go back to where they came from. And in the course of the journey, there is a transformation that happens on dad, Jacob, because he has an encounter with God that changes his life completely and changes his name from Jacob to Israel, but also leaves a permanent mark on him that he would never walk straight. And he never walked straight after that. But I'm helping us to see a journey that is happening. And yet, this is a journey which this, our character, is perhaps watching and seeing the dynamics of what is going on in his family. Now, because he was born from a period of barrenness with Rachel, so he becomes such a special son to Jacob. And the Bible tells us that Jacob loved him very, very much. He loved him, he loved him, he loved him. He even made him a a special handcrafted coat of many colors. I just want to caution us a little bit here. Parents, may we be careful with our 2.4 children. May we be careful to balance our affections right. If you start having a favorite, even with the 2.4 as they are, and, and it becomes very clear that you love one over the other, you, you are breeding problems. As a result of the favoritism, his other brothers hated him profusely. Matters worse, he comes up and says to them, I've had a dream. We're collecting sheaves after the harvest, and all your sheaves were bowing down to mine. Now, how does that go down? This is the boy, the favorite, who has got a coat like no one has, who dad has clearly announced how much he loves him over us all and demonstrated it. 
So they hate him with a passion. And they wish him dead. And they work out a plan. And indeed, this is where my key point comes in. The dreamer has to die. Hallelujah. The spoiled little so-and-so. I won't use any explicits. The spoiled little so-and-so has to die. In fact, I would hazard and say God has no use for spoiled little pompous so-and-so's who think so much about themselves. He creates an opportunity. So the dreamer has to die. It is my prayer that if there is a dreamer in me and you, the one whose past might interfere with his future, may we make way for a lesson in rearranging and refocusing of our lives which will turn the dreamer into an interpreter of dreams. The interpreter of dreams is born coming out of being sold as a slave. He gets purchased from the market. I don't know what, uh, what, what they were looking for. Uh, sorry if I, I, I get offensive here with how it worked in the, in the market when they were selling slaves. They will turn them around and they want to see the, the strength of the muscles at the back. And they want to make sure that they are not clothed to cover anything. So they want to be viewing them and, and seeing how suitable they will be for the job at hand. And he gets picked by the highest army officer in the, in the, in the army of Pharaoh named Potiphar. This guy takes this slave as his property. And yet, because God is wanting to build an interpreter of dreams, when the dreamer has been killed, because Jacob is mourning, up to now he doesn't know that the lad is alive, so the dreamer is dead. We've got a blood-stained coat of many colors. The dreamer is dead. And yet God is working out an interpreter of dreams. Takes him through and puts him in a stable or established home in comparison. More stable than his home. Sadly, he gets accused falsely for, for trying to, 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 to force himself onto the the master's wife and the and he gets thrown into prison so this is where the interpreter begins to come to life the journey between the interpreter and the dreamer not a short space of time 
which brings me to the other point which says in this modern day of quick things where we want uh, rapid results we need to pause a little bit and allow God for his uh, what might look like a delayed program allow God to finish the work in your life it might take a while with Joseph he was 17 when he dreamt he was 30 when he became the prime minister of Egypt so a good 13 years in the process finds himself thrown in prison for not having done anything wrong at all in fact he has tried to argue so much with the woman and say to her look I'm, I'm really here because of the, 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 the honor that has been given to me. And I've now been called the, the, the master or, or rather the manager of the estate of the master here. And the master's things are prospering because God is with me. I cannot do a thing like that. I cannot dishonor my master and dishonor God in the process. This thing that you are proposing for me to do with you, I will not do. So the woman forces herself on him. And the boy has to run. A lesson or two there, please run. There will be some things which you have to run away from. Sadly, many prominent men and women of God have been tripped at the suggestion of uh, a very temporary excitement and they've sadly fallen for it. May God help us in Jesus' name. That was a test of character. When everybody had been cleared by the maneuvering of this woman, she's cleared the household and made sure there's nobody in the house and it's just the two of them in the house. But the ultimate test of character is what you do when nobody is watching. And the boy stands on his principle, I will not do it. And as she tries to force herself on him, he runs. And he leaves his coat, and it's used as evidence against him. He was trying to get on me, and I've got Exhibit A. Exhibit A is presented, and the boy is thrown into custody, and they throw away the key. Two of Pharaoh's ministers happened to be inside for one reason or the other. They each have a dream. The baker and the butler. You know the history. The baker dreams of uh, carrying bread and birds come and they pick bread from his hand. God gives this lad a new job. He's the interpreter of dreams. What he's doing now, he is interpreting other people's dreams 
And in this particular case, he interprets other people's dreams. And on the second one, he says, when you go back to your job, please remember me. The guy does not remember him. So what the interpreter of dreams will begin to do is to focus themselves on other people more than themselves. And they leave God to focus on them. Subsequently, Pharaoh himself has a dream. And this is the dream that brings the lad out. And he interprets that dream. And that dream answers the issue, the problem of Egypt and the problem of the world as it was then. A boy, starting off as a dreamer, finishing off as an interpreter of dreams, coming out from a broken family with dodgy, murderous uh, situations all around them, stealing. There's this one day where mom living Laban's place, she steals the, 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 the stuff and she hides it on the saddle of the camel and the guy is looking after his stuff and he says, sorry dad, I cannot come down from my animal because I'm on my period. Yet she's sitting on the stuff that she has stolen from the man. But God transforms the lad who is coming out of this kind of family and makes him an interpreter of dreams. I want to finish off by saying to us, in our own transitioning, may God help us to not allow our past to hinder us going forward. May we be prepared to go through the school of training of God which will turn a pompous dreamer into a selfless servant of God who appreciates the reason for God putting him on the planet earth. He says to his brothers, what you intended for evil, God has turned it around for good. This guy has done and honored God all the way through. He's allowed God to shape him. Difficult and challenging circumstances have come his way, but he's not turned away from God. And God has honored his commitment. And I want to assure you, in your journey, it might be painful along the way. God will honor his word over your life. God will see you through. God will show you the reason why he put you at the place where he did. As you pray for, for, for us, pray also 
for the reason for God sending me into this country and stopping me from taking my job at the research center in Zimbabwe. May that come to pass in Jesus' name. As you pray for the church as well, we are placed in Bulwell. Bulwell is, is, a, is a part of the town which, which uh, could easily be labeled as uh, there is no good thing that can come out of Bulwell. God, God has put us there and we're seeing some good things. Um, in terms of uh, writings, I haven't written anything yet. But I'll leave you with a leaflet which I've written a few weeks ago which tells a little bit about us and a little bit about the church. I'm inviting for prayers, but uh, I'm just encouraging you to allow God to transition you. There's a transitioning of God for you personally, but there's a transitioning of God for you as a church. I hear you talking about uh, social media and how we hook into that. But at the same time, I hear you saying, except the Lord builds the house, they labor in vain that build it. And I'm saying to us all as a church, may we allow God Almighty to transition us so that we have not only a localized impact Joseph's impact was not a, an Egypt-only impact, but it was a global impact because all the countries of the world came to seek grain from Egypt. May God position you. May God transform you into that place where many will come and they'll find out and they'll find the thing that God has worked in you. The Lord richly bless you. Think about the ducks. Excellent. Thank you. Wow. Okay. Encouraged? Yes. Challenged? Yes. Okay, that's good. There was one phrase that Joseph used there that really kind of stuck out to me that's just sitting in my mind. That He said... Because of the agenda of God. And, uh, you know, whatever it is that we are uh, doing in life, wherever it is that we are, wherever it is that we are going, uh, we should have no fear. Uh, we should stay in a place of faith and peace because whatever it is, if we are being faithful to him, it is because of the agenda of God. Yeah? So we should have confidence, yeah? But even if it's tough, it's okay. It's because it's the agenda of God. He's taking us to somewhere better. And sometimes we've got to go through the difficult bit to get to the somewhere better, haven't we? Yeah? So that's brilliant. Thank you, Joseph, so much for that. That's really encouraging. Um, speaks very much to where we are. Let's stand. I'm going to pray, and then we can go and have some coffee. Um, Pastor Joseph has to leave quite quickly afterwards, so make sure that you thank him straight away, okay, before he disappears. Let's stand. Thank you, Jesus. Father, we thank you for your goodness. We thank you for your word to us this morning through the man of God. And uh, Lord, I just pray that you would cause 
um, those bits we really need to grab a hold of this morning to just settle in our minds and in our spirits and that you would help us to, to process those things and uh, turn them into faith and action uh, for the glory of Jesus, for the sake of the kingdom, Lord, and the, the things that you're doing in this place. So, Lord, thank you for the word and thank you uh, that you will help us to process that and see fruit come from it. And uh, now I pray that the Lord would bless you, that the Lord would keep you, keep you safe, keep you strong, keep you focused, keep you on this journey that he has set you upon. I pray that he would draw close to you, that you would know his favor, that you would know his wisdom, that you would know day by day his presence, know that he is with you, that he will not leave you or forsake you, and that you would know the wonderful supernatural peace of the living God day by day, keeping you in a place of rest and the sure and certain knowledge that God is for you and he loves you. Amen. Amen. Um, it really helped us last week to stack the chairs on this side and to leave the chairs on this side. Yeah? So if you can make sure you take all your stuff through with you to the cafe and if some of the guys can just stack the chairs on this side, that would be brilliant. Thank you.